Action Park Media. All right, welcome to Victory the Podcast. I am Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Dillon. And I'm Kevin Connolly. And I'm excited today because we got, I know he's friends with Kevin Dillon, so apparently Anthony Michael Hall, that I've been a fan of my entire career and got to do Entourage's Mike Hall, which I yeah. honestly didn't know that. Doug, there's people that don't know him, we would call him Anthony Michael Hall, yes. right? So That's his name. He and, goes by Mike. Mike. And, 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 I don't know where the Anthony actually comes from. I, I think it might be a family name of some type, but he goes by Mike for sure. We're going to have to ask him about that. But so anyone who doesn't know, weirdly enough, who Anthony Michael Hall is, who when I was a kid was an actor that I watched and was like... God, I want to be this guy. 16 Candles, uh, Breakfast Club, Vacation. Great career, great Weird actor. science. Yeah. You know, Breakfast Club, I had quite a few uh, callbacks on that one myself. For which role? For uh, the Judd Nelson role. Figures, the dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, the dirtbag. I was perfect. I thought I, I was very, very Pot close to getting that one. That, that one broke my heart. Yeah, I really, really, uh, did. I really was supposed to play Stamos's tough guy nephew, so <laughs> the bulimic pedophile or whatever. But that was one of the ones that that hurt you. Yeah, like that, you that's one like that got away, chance. and I really thought I had a chance at that. And uh, you were pretty deep. Yeah, Judd did a great job. Great. Judd Nelson was great in that movie. So. I would really like to talk more about this with you. Let me just. Who's again. also a friend? We could get Judd on. I would love well. to get yeah, Judd. I would Judd. love to get him. Yeah. Also, all right, done. Just Anthony Michael Hall, Mike Hall, but Anthony Michael Hall has. Uh, Halloween kills out right now, which yep. is killing it and huge at the box office. So we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about, he was in Batman. He was in Fox catcher. He's done, had a great career, but I, I'm really focused on this now. Cause this is really interesting. Bref, Breakfast club is a movie. I grew up on. John Hughes is one of my favorite writer directors, which is planes, trains and automobiles. And, mm. and uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Tell me about that. Did you meet with John Hughes? I guess, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, it was so long ago and, uh, I didn't know who he was at the time. He's the director guy, but I guess I, did. <laughs> I guess I did meet with him. But you do know in your gut when you're down to it, right? Yeah, uh, I knew. I knew I went pretty deep, right? Right, because people would be like, "Oh, I was second for that." It's like it doesn't yeah. really work in first, second place. Like you end up in a in a pool of guys, right? Yeah, it was probably down to right, you know, five or so, maybe. right? Unlike this new movie that you're doing, where they literally ran out of people to offer the role <laughs> to. <laughs> Kevin Dillon is Fuck doing a new Connelly. Mel Gibson movie that he uh, he got. Connelly's just lead, sour. Brother. He's Connelly's just sour just and sour. jealous yeah. that I'm a lead in a Mel Gibson film and you're not. And so Anthony Michael Hall also, because uh, I've never, unfortunately, I've never been offered something that I real that I passed on. But Anthony never Michael been offered anything. Never been period. Offered a thing. <laughs> True. You offered yourself your role in Entourage. <laughs> but Anthony Michael Hall passed on Ferris Bueller, which I want to ask him. Do about. you want to ask him about that? Wow. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I mean, he would probably. Yeah. Why you I think mean, he'll hit me? Or what do you no, doing? I mean, I think you frame it differently. Tell me, you know, that. everyone's got regrets. I but. think you frame like, hey, you know, uh, surely you were offered a million things. Is there anything you regret passing? Up? Like, I mean, I remember Dylan once said to me about his brother Matt. He said, if you knew the movies that my brother Matt oh, yeah. passed on, it would blow your mind, right? Like, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I could w- wish I could remember them all right now, but Top Gun for sure. And I mean, that would have been just like next level. So no, <laughs> Matt Dylan passed on Tom Cruise's role in Top Gun. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. Among that? many others. Many others. By the way, notice some silence came over Action yeah. Park Media just yeah, now. That's, <laughs> only because that's that's a tough pill to swallow. And that's hindsight. a tough one. But think about it. If you read that script, you would be like, oh, this script. I mean, w- without the visuals, it really wasn't probably that great of a it, script. It's true. And when you watch well, that yeah. Val Kilmer documentary, 
think they basically all thought that they were doing a pile of shit until it came out. I, I mean, you guys are going to yell at me and whatever. Oh, because we're always yelling at you, bro. Yeah, how do you, you know handle, how we are, Kev. How do you handle the abuse? <laughs> I never liked Top Gun. I just never liked the movie. I just you don't know. like any movies. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, visually, it was beautiful. Doug likes oh, the yeah. I mean, I mean Tony Scott directed it, correct? Am I yes. Blank yes. On that? I mean, it looks amazing, and Tom Cruise... And Matt Dillon are both giant movie stars, and Val Kilmer. We know how good looking I think Val is, right. but he you know, looks just like you, Doug. <laughs> Doug, wait, that's it. On for Halloween, you should go as Iceman. I don't yeah. even need any wardrobe. Hair, just fucking slick your hair back and throw on a jumper, and you're ready to go. Well, we're gonna need a wig, unless I don't know. These guys are so maybe not, mean maybe not, maybe not. They're so mean. I mean, I hopefully the audience hears. Dude, oh, the abuse, yo, Doug. It's you want to talk about going viral, bro? If after all we put you through, if you pulled off Val Kilmer. If you pulled off the Iceman, I, I, I would That'll be. That would be impressive. What about the doors? Maybe you're more of a Morrison guy. I mean, I've, I, uh, I can't say anything about myself. I can see you as more of a Morrison The Morrison guy. You're definitely yeah, going to need like a wig Morrison. for that one. Too. I don't even. Uh, the the hair, leather pants, way, too. The hair is looking really good right now. Doug shirtless along. with black Ooh. leather pants I can't wait. Wig. That's going to be a special it. episode of Victory when you reveal the hair. Now, yeah. one thing I will say. I never had Val Kilmer's body. That's fine. I'm not. No, no, no. You were not going shirtless in that volleyball. It, it, was a, your lips. It, it was a lip size thing, whatever, Jesus whatever it's Christ. worth. And I can <laughs> sing a little bit, but uh, what was that movie he did? The Manhattan Project. Maybe that's the one you could pull off. Uh, Val Kilmer. <laughs> I do love Val Kilmer, who, whose possibility, by the way, I have had some uh, preliminary discussions with bringing Val on the podcast. And uh, I wonder if people would be able to tell if I just did it myself. I mean, I, I wonder if Val would be able to keep a straight face while we, we told him how much you guys look like. I look more like Sean McVeigh than you do uh, Val Kilmer. Well, interesting. Yeah, we but I will say, if we did get Val Kilmer on the podcast, which I being serious is entirely possible. Mm. You guys cannot humiliate me in front of Val Kilmer. We Val- couldn't get him for the uh, Doors anniversary, so I don't think we're going to get him the victory. <laughs> I'm couldn't telling you, get him for the 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary of the Doors. I doubt he's going to be coming in here for victory. The podcast contact has been made. Things have happened. I've delivered in the past. Let's just say it. Doug delivers. When I say I'm uh, getting LeBron James or James Cameron, I make it happen. So I'm going to do my best. But that's that's yeah. hilarious, Dylan. He, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, we couldn't get him for the. He wouldn't 25th. show up for. Stone. I don't know why it's showing up for you. But I do want to say that this uh, this little information, which uh, this Matt Dillon passing on Top Gun, which I want to talk about some things because some people go, oh, my God, how can you pass on? And you're right. You read a script. Who that? Not that Matt Dillon isn't every bit as good as Tom Cruise, but who knows, like, what makes a certain movie work? Because, again, I of don't course. think it's a great script. It's hard to imagine yeah. anybody but Tom Cruise. In yeah, movie, of course. Yes. I mean, so- but, but at the time, and if I could also say this with guys like Matt and, and other these leading guys. In terms of passing on it, it means you have to, to a certain extent, engage with the filmmakers or the studio, right? You got to send word out. I'm in, I'm interested in this, right? They called Matt and he said, I'm just not interested, right? Yeah, he so, read the script and, and went, said, I, oh, I, I'm man, not, is... there's nothing to say. I'm not doing yeah. it, but, right? So, I mean, and there's a distinct you, difference. You know what? It, it was just so visually amazing. Otherwise, I really, the story isn't anything special. I hate it. So is, you hate the movie. I hate so the music. Cool. I like the, uh, I like the music. I like overly, the planes. It's un-American. Yeah. It's, it's almost un-American mm. to not like Top Gun. I just think well, it's shit. It was. Uh, I just think it's shit. Over dramatized a bit with all. It's the, just you know, corny, and yeah. it's just you know like when I watch Tom Cruise and Risky Business, I, I'm far more excited about it than. Uh, I am oh yeah, I agree. Talking with that. Too. Risky couple, Business is a better movie. Not afraid of a couple of Russian MIGs. We're talking about <laughs> MIG twenty eights again, like Tony Scott who I think is a genius and made true romance and then other uh, the crimson, t- a million movies that I love. I just think he's made a lot better movies. I think that, and, and 
not that Matt Dillon, just so we understand, it's weird talking to Kevin Dillon about Matt Dillon. But Matt Dillon was the guy when I was a kid that I saw come on the screen the first time. I was like, fuck, I want to be that guy. Right. You know, like you that, could see him passing on that movie. Yeah, I could just yeah. see he was just there's some people and Kevin and Kevin, you guys uh, may or may not be them also. Probably there's some not. people who are just freaking movie stars. And if they don't want to be, which I think Matt is one of those guys that was a reluctant movie star. I don't think he was looking for fame or to be in giant movies. I think he wanted yeah. to be an Matt's artist. An artist and it, and it happened to him so early. You know, he was 13 when he got his first movie. So. Right. That's so crazy. Which was what? My Bodyguard? It was called Over the Edge. Oh, I know Over and the Edge. It's a great movie. Yeah. My bodyguard is my bodyguard is awesome. Is there a remake there? Melvin a Moody, hundred million percent. No way. It's a remake. They would only make it worse. It's not going to be better. I don't know that it's better. Original, but it's a movie that what, what I like about a remake. And just so we're clear, we're not talking about the bodyguard with Whitney Houston. We're talking about my bodyguard with Matt Dillon, which was one of my favorite movies as a kid. He's like the tough guy in school. He picks on this kid, and the guy hires a buyer gun. Anyway, it's yeah. totally a great movie for a remake because great it never movie. plays on cable ever. I never see it. Right. You know, so it would. It's a good story and. Yeah. Whatever, but you'd have to dial it up to shootouts, though, in this day and age, right? That was like, uh, yeah, maybe they, maybe there'd be guns involved in school or the something. Thing about the thing about my bodyguard was it was a little bit old school, where it was going to be a fight in the schoolyard, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. was it going to be? You know, you're going to get a busted lip and a black eye. Yeah, but there was, a, there was a grown, like, uh, hitman kind of coming in. Big, bald guy who's going to kick some butt. Tough bike? A grown-up, yeah. But tough, you're saying yeah, yeah. that the bike make you tough? The bike huh? make you tough? But Connolly, you're jacket there. <laughs> tough magazine? Is your tough magazine? Everybody. Adam Baldwin was great. <laughs> Adam Baldwin is Adam great. Adam Baldwin is the body. Full metal Christopher jacket. Christopher Makepeace. Yeah, yes. He was great in that movie. And he was also great in Meatballs, Christopher Makepeace. Uh, wow, all of a sudden Dylan is throwing out references. Like <laughs> that's the weird thing about Dylan. He doesn't watch pop culture now, but he really does know his stuff from uh when it was kind of your time. So Dylan you, just kind of barked at me in the uh, lobby for not prepping for the interview. He said, I'm just trying to do a little research, Connolly. It was sick. <laughs> what is, what's going on? You know why he's doing that? Because he's overcompensating for the fact that he just booked a movie and he's leaving right, town again. Right, right. He's like, I'm gonna kill I it. I feel bad about that, episodes. guys. <laughs> yeah. I hope you can hold down the fort while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to struggle a little bit. I think Matt regrets passing on Top Gun at all or no. I don't know if he, I don't know if he even thinks uh, he might feel like you do about Top Gun and think it wasn't really all that great. Yeah. I don't know what he did in its place, but he was doing a lot of big movies back then. So he probably did something that he liked more. And know? is there anything you guys, I mean, I'm not saying I passed on it cause I didn't, but I did have American pie script really early, which I, you know, I, wow. I, 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 I like, well, was, it wasn't called American pie, right? It was called like great. It was like named after high school. It was like, maybe I don't Eastern, remember great Eastern lakes. So I've read for it. I tanked it. I know I had it. Er- I know I had it. <laughs> Shit the bed that day. What happened, Kev? Tell me about how you I tanked that. Walked in and they said, "Thanks for popping by." What part? You didn't uh, even speak. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, no, I just read. You're wrong. Were you read Spilfer? the scene. What was the name? Stiffler. <laughs> Stiffler. You know what? Honestly, I I would be. Oh, you know what? And, and you know this. A lot of times with movies like that, American Pie, you'll come in and read for a role, but they're really just seeing where you fit. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then if they like you, they know like, from the first word whether hey, you're we'll, wrong. We'll bring this guy back in for Stifler or bring this guy back in. Yeah. I didn't make it back in, put it that way. Yeah. Obviously. And what about you, KD? Anything you passed on that you regret or or uh, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to talk to Lisa about that. <laughs> I've done a lot of things that I, yeah, they're, they're out there, but I can't really think of one. Yeah. Well, but, but again, it, it passed is, is, is not necessarily always the right word. It's like a lot of times they want to see engagement, right? So you'll yeah. get that offer. If you're like, I want, you know, you got to go in. Yeah. Maybe they said, will you come in on this? Right. And I'm like, right. I'm golfing. Right. Tell them <laughs> right. to make me an offer. For me, I mean, like, you know, things were, were kind of looking up for me a little bit. And, like, I got that script earlier. It's my agent is, you can go get this. 
So nobody offered me anything, but it's like, go get a meeting, go sell them, yeah. go tell them on right. why you're going to make the best movie. Right. And obviously, I don't think American Pie could have been much better anyway. So uh, would I, you have had the kid fuck the pie? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> would you have cut that? scene? Would you've written that scene? I mean, that's the scene, right? I mean, that's what made it. You know, it's it's obviously hard for me to say what I would have done. And I love the movie. Dylan likes Dylan I, likes to do that to pies. Oh, I like a nice pie. <laughs> I definitely didn't. So I definitely didn't read it and get it like I did when I saw it. And and that might be the interpretation of the guys. Chris White's directed it, and it's an amazing movie. And I, I just, I guess, what I'm saying is, you know, Jordan Belfort. You guys know Wolf of Wall Street. Gave me that book really early on. And then some people go, Oh my God, you didn't do that movie. Marty Scorsese did it with Leo. And right. even if I made the from the exact same script, it would have been. Uh, Probably well, well not only that, because you wouldn't have had the same money, right? Well, like Leo yeah. and Scorsese doubled the budget and that movie needed it, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of where But I guess at. my point is you never know what's going to happen. And I do, like Ferris Bueller is one of the great movies and all of John Hughes' movies are great. And who knows, Anthony Michael Hall was when I was a kid, there was nobody funnier. Like Weird Science and yeah. 16 Candles and Breakfast Club. He and was, he's still going. And I don't oh, know how many years that is. 30, yeah, over was, 30 years of in the business. And he was young impressive. too, right? Well, what when he, yeah, what was he, his, he was, what was his coming out party? 12 or 13. What was his I coming mean, out party? National uh, vacation? Probably uh, 16 Candles. Or? Do you know what's so sick? Oh, no, 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 no. Do you he, see what's Dylan, happening Dylan's over? got notes. No, no, Dylan's you're right. It was notes. Yeah. V- vacation vacation i can't yeah. believe that you have i didn't even know dylan owned a pen and well he's no like, i mean he's got such a big resume he's right. got so many uh great movies that he's done so, so but do i you, just want to is that confirmed i didn't take that many you know, that took place. is vacation confirmed as his first time it's on gotta screen? be he was really young yeah i mean it's it or or whether or not Wait, it was his first time on gary, Rusty, hold Rusty. on gary in the booth good producer. talk us good talk what he uh he had one movie before that called six pack I do uh, not know that movie. Does anyone? I do no, not either. But no. like I got I said, a six pack, but I, right, I don't right. know that movie. But, but by his, the way, his coming a- out party was, he was, you knew he was something special in, in vacation. There's not yeah. a lot of kids that I can think about that I'm like, wow. I, from immediately in that movie, and he's talking with Chevy Chase, Eugene Levy, you know, Beverly D'Angelo. It's like he really stands out in that movie. Uh, as yeah, a great, great comic. You know what? He was great in Weird Science. He was so funny. He in was movie. incredible. Amazing. He really smokes the weed with the, oh, so great. Cheeks I wa- cannot hold these smoke. I, wa- <laughs> I wonder, I was going to say, I wonder if that scene is like, you know, like one of those is things that- like, you know, you better not say that because he was. What? You know, he was impersonating old blues guys. Oh, is that and, what he was yeah. doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I, know. I did not even know that. I don't know what the world as it is today. Oh, you know? so funny. Well, listen, so you want to talk about the world as it is today. I mean, I've used Weird Science as an example because it's one of my favorite movies. And, you know, Bill Paxton, I mean, Chet, the brother. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah. it's awesome. But really, the log line is, um, you know, two kids like. Make a really hot girl and like make use, a girl. Her, <laughs> use her use her as a sex slave and then yeah. like trade her off to some meatheads in high school for like a, a different set of girls. Right? By I mean, the way, this sounds so great. I'm watching it tonight. I mean, uh, like, I gotta rewatch. Imagine it. imagine pitching that to the studio today. All right, so these kids, right? They make girl. They're they make girl. Wait, no, no. These they need kids. to decide she needs bigger tits, right? Like, uh, yeah. Remember they got the, Let's make the body tight. They got bras on their head. He's like, yeah, why? They, these kids who He's cannot like, get laid at all, who spend their whole time jerking off, are gonna. Build a fantasy woman, Kelly LeBrock, and they're going to use her oh however God. they want. By the way, and then John Hughes, who's considered, I think, one of the great comedy filmmakers. It's so good. Sixteen movie. Candles. They also do that. They give away a woman in Sixteen Candles. It's like she's passed out and drunk. Give her to give her to Mike Hall. Let her, let her <laughs> right. take her home and do whatever he wants. So. Robert Robert Downey Jr. When Anthony Michael Hall, they're they're helping Downey make his girl, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and Downey's like. 
bigger, bigger tits. <laughs> Michael Hall goes, oh, give him the knee shooters. He wants the knee shooters. <laughs> like, can you imagine picture that today? Forget about By it. By the way, nobody can see it on this audio, but Dylan's making notes. And I think he's like going, I wonder if I could build a woman tonight at home. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> so, well, anyway, we're going to be back with amazing Anthony Michael Hall. And we're going to maybe call him Mike unless Mike I'm being Hall. Mr. Hall for you. Mike Hall. We'll be back. Welcome back, Victory the Podcast. I'm excited, even though I'm surrounded by the Irish now. I don't know what's happening <laughs> here, but don't got, uncomfortable with me sitting this close to him. You are. I mean, I am a little creeped out by it. But uh, we got an actor that I grew up. Uh, he was one of those guys that when I first started seeing movies as a kid, I wanted to be. I mean, uh, and you quickly realized that you were never going to. That was never going to happen. <laughs> I wasn't Irish, and I didn't have a great head of hair. What are you going to do? But Anthony Michael Hall, how you doing? Good, brother. Good to see you guys, man. Good yeah, to see yeah. you. So we were yeah. talking. Dylan says, we're like, we had to get, you know, cause we went, we went to see Halloween kills. Dylan's like, yeah, I can, you know, I know Mike Hall, I, Mike. And, yeah. and, and Dylan said, well, that's his name. Right. Yeah. So you go by Mike. I do. I do. It's a long name, short story, boys. <laughs> uh, years ago when I joined SAG, it was a Michael Anthony Hall. And then Dexter, he got a fucking SAG card. And then it's, then I had to invert it. So it was just, I flipped it. It became Anthony Michael. Right. But yeah, if I ran into Mike, you on the street and I was like, what's up, Mike? You would That's be it. like, who the fuck you think no, you're No, no, what's up, Mike is enough. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like yeah. the Bob version of that whole name. See, I was very uncomfortable. And I used to I used to write these things on Entourage where Dylan would call people Chuck Sheen and so forth. Hey, so, Chucky. So, <laughs> so, Chucky. I, so I'm Chucky. like, you know, he's like, call him Mike. I'm like, listen, I don't yeah. want to be an asshole and like be like. A weird way to start off the Yeah, like all of a sudden I'm getting punched in the face by, you know, by Mike. So, but Dylan said that was fine. So I want to talk about Halloween Kills, which many. Massive opening. Connolly, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched Halloween, any of these movies in 30 right, years. fuck this, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, well, I am a, I am a Halloween aficionado. I'm an expert, and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put my Halloween uh, uh, knowledge, to knowledge the test. against anybody, go. right? So right. one of the things about the movie was it really was... I mean, 60% of it was a deep, deep, deep callback to the first two, right? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. The 78 uh, film, 43 years and in, in counting this franchise. Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but uh, by yeah. the way, I had a great time at the right. movies. Uh, our yeah, dinner it was nice beforehand. to be in the theater. Dinner yeah. beforehand wasn't as great. Connelly was uh, drinking a lot. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but what else is new? <laughs> but the, is lies. the movie was great. It's like you, an Irish hip check right there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. We were drinking. When we opened the can, that nice. sound is... Very nice. Irish Have you crickets. ever heard that before? Irish crickets no. opening a beer can? Not to right. Dylan. Very yeah. Good. yeah. But we go yeah. back. That's it. How far back do we go? Long the time, man. We got a lot of mutual friends. We've known each other for years. Probably 80, yeah. 85, maybe? Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. We go way, way back. We and do. you and Matt were good buddies. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, you know my brother Paul. That's right. You That's probably right. met uh, some other family members as well. There's six of us, so you probably met my other brothers. I have. I met a couple yeah. of them, but also we have mutual friends at Fahey's. Yeah. And Phil Fahey. Patrick and Phil. A couple yeah. other These Irish guys know. They know both of those Not guys. Not a lot of Jews in your crews, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. No, there are a lot. Listen, we were all immigrants at one point. lawyers. We all got agents. to the country, and uh, listen, that's why they call it a paddy wagon. You know, we weren't, uh, <laughs> yeah, we weren't on the up 100 years ago either. You know? So I, I, I want to get more into Halloween Kills for a little bit, Please. and I want to go back to other stuff in your career. But okay. Judy Greer, by the way, I, I kindly hates when I talk about it, but I gave her her first job. I found Great. her in uh, Kissing a Fool, and she's amazing. So Jesus. I don't even know. There we go again. Even though I saw the, even though I saw Taking it, credit for someone else's He's career. dropping names. Hold on. Here's another one. Hold I'm on. not even sure Judy if you guys Greer. really had a scene together. I, I'm trying to think No, about we it. did. We worked to 
a couple scenes in the film, but that's great. No, she's a great lady, Doug. She's awesome. And great range, man. Great comedic actress. Yeah, great dramatic that's actress. true. Yeah, that's true. Excellent. So how was this movie? And how was it? Too. How was it coming into this legendary franchise? And like, are you a fan of Halloween? Did you no, know I about was. the mythology? I, I was. I was. I mean, as a kid, I remember when the first one came out. It was like Cinemax or HBO. This is like 1979 because it was 78. The original film came out. And I was like wow. 10 years old. I'm 53. Our sound guy's looking at you. He wants you closer. Is that what's happening? There, closer. Okay. Slightly closer. How's the slightly closer? Okay, my friend. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, sir. Um, so basically, yeah, I remember seeing it on cable, and it was one of these nights where parents went out. I think I snuck in the liquor cabinet, and I saw the first one on Cinemax or whatever. Incredible, yeah. man. Yeah, that first and Jamie Lee Curtis, I always loved her, man. I always had a crush on her as a yeah, kid. Yeah. She's she's trading cute. places, do we remember? Trading places, places, no doubt. I, okay, you know, you talking code, guys? Mike, talk Mike is going to a scene in trading places that, unfortunately, <laughs> now, I don't know, you're not allowed to talk about it, but Jamie okay. Lee had a, okay. quite a body. Yeah, right? well, yeah. also, Beautiful too, to, woman. to yes. add to add to this, so... Did we get in, canceled yet? Hold on. I'm sorry. In the 78 version, Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting to Lindsay, Lindsay and Tommy Doyle. That's right. right. That's right. And now all these years later, here's Tommy Doyle. Oh, you're Tommy Doyle. He's okay. Tommy Doyle. So it. he okay. was one of the people originally tortured by Michael Myers. Wow. By the way, it's funny. There's some people that have a bigger role in 2021 than they did in 1978, right. Right. which is, wow. which is really kind of and interesting. I'm wondering if Dylan's tortured that. Uh, did you even get a call for this role, Dylan? No, I, mean, I did not. Kind <laughs> of similar age range, similar ethnicity. I don't know. And then, and then, you know, and with part two, it takes place. It's the same day, much as this one all takes place in a right. day. Right. Right. So right. Jamie Lee Curtis at this point, her career has blown up. And now on oh, Halloween two, she's wearing like a wig and she has probably, you know, doing trading places at the time would be my guess. Right. So she was off to the races when right. she came back to do the sequel, but yeah. it's the most profitable independent film of all time. What this, this the one, 70, 78 version. You mean? Yeah. The, well, well, all of them. Oh, I mean, they made, all of my well, I'm saying, listen, they made the first franchise. one for $300,000 right. and it all in their billions of dollars. Hugely successful franchise. Was this a big production did you feel like you were on a big production or a small production well it felt i mean honestly it was pretty modest because jason bloom was great i mean he kept the budget pretty lean i don't know what it was i think it was about 12 million or 11 million something Jesus like that Christ, smart. But this picture wow. picks up yeah from the last one kevin as you said which in 2018 was great and listen, working for Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, they're awesome. Tell they're Doug, guys. Doug, yeah. Doug was blown away that Danny McBride wrote Halloween Kills. Yeah. He's like, is it the same guy? Yeah, <laughs> Dude, it is. I love wow. him, man. I'm a huge McBride And he's fan. on the set yeah. involved? Yeah, stuff? he was there for the first week. And then they have that show, Righteous Drumstones, which is shooting in uh, South Carolina. So Danny was around for the first week, and then David was kind of running the set. But just a great team, man. These guys were awesome. So we shot for about six weeks in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, about two and a half years ago. And it was a fucking blast. They had a great time. What? Yeah. You shot this two wow. and a half years ago? We did. And because of COVID, Makes we had sense. to offset yeah. it, right? They had to delay it like a lot of businesses are right? in. They had, you know, delays. So, but just a great experience, man. And actually, David Gordon Green reminded me of John Hughes a lot. He was super chill, really open to the process, improving, just winging mm -hmm. it. Kind of like how you guys work, too. You shoot the scene as it is two or three times. And then you digress. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So since yeah. you since you hit John Hughes, we were talking about it before. And uh, Mike, I, I'm sorry, I'm just uncomfortable <laughs> okay. calling him Mike. You call me all three <laughs> names. <if you laughs> by, the way, by the way, the SAG Mr. story, Hall. the SAG story <laughs> yeah. makes me feel way better because I know a lot of actors that right? their stage name is oh, such tons. that yeah. they're yeah. yeah. But John Hughes, one of my idols, one of the great comic, yes, sir. one of the great filmmakers of I all mean, time. Let's legend. be honest. What are we talking about? And uh, you know, and John Hughes, uh, Howard Ramis wrote Vacation, correct? He did, Doug. You're right. right. Absolutely. And you know what? They were very similar. These guys had a lot of fun. When I think back as a kid, they were awesome. They were always trying to make it better, always talking it through, having fun. 
never uptight about any of it, you know, and they just had just great natural ability. But these were some of my mentors, you know, um, and Harold was very similar to John. These guys were awesome. They were great writers, great directors, and super chill to work with. They were awesome. And so when you're doing vacation, the original vacation right. yeah. with Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, who's on Entourage, yeah, there's a lot Beverly. of improv going on on that? Not as much as on your show. I mean, not as much, but... You know, David was very fluid that way. So we would try stuff. And it, it was also cool. It's also that thing of like, you dismiss stuff. It's something's clunky. It's not working. He would throw it away. Mm -hmm. So he was great, man. He was really cool yeah. and super. He couldn't be more down to earth and just a phenomenal filmmaker. This movie guy's kicks ass. Yeah, they really, that. I mean, it's it's a good looking movie. $11 Thank million. I dollars. Yeah, I got to check it out. But great DP, this guy. Do, do you Michael survive? Who shot it. Do you I survive? I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got to pay the 15 Hopefully you get the next one. I mean, I hope so. They can always bring it back. Dylan apparently had time to go see Dune last night. But couldn't see Halloween Kills. That's that great. That's awesome, though. Doesn't how was Dune, man? It was good, man. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Good. It, it, looked like, it looked like a Star Wars incarnation of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. How it, it does have that vibe cool. a bit. Yeah. Dylan, we were talking a little bit earlier before before you got here. Breakfast Club came up, and apparently Dylan was deep in the running for the Jim yeah, Nelson role. Quite a few callbacks. Were you, Kev? Yeah. Yeah. Veterans, old guys now. I think Judd was a little more polished than I was back then. It was early. That was a long time. How long ago was that? It was like. Mid '80s, man. Yeah. And where'd you shoot that? That was like a high school here, it was Chicago, Kevin, because oh, that's where he was from. So we were fortunate that uh, you know John had enough juice, and he was such a respected writer, even at the beginning of his career. You know um, that we got to shoot in Chicago, and that's then we come back to LA too. We did both, kind of flipped. And so I really want to hear John Hughes, who's made many of my I favorite movies. Hughes, but yeah. you were kind of like his go-to guy. And how does that come awesome, about? Yeah. Is that after vacation he sees you and says, "Well, here's what it was." So the great Maddie Simmons, he started Lampoon Magazine, and Harold Ramis gave me my break as, as a kid. I was just a punk 14-year-old kid. John wrote that script. Now, just to give you context, you guys remember she's having a baby with, with Kevin Bacon? Of course, Bacon, of course. Right? Okay, oh, yeah, so yeah. he was basically, Kevin's playing Hughes in that film. He was writing copy, living in Chicago, recently married, right? So that's the setup. So Hughes was writing, sent stories into Maddie. Maddie bought the Vacation 58 short story, and then that flipped, they turned that into the screenplay, and that's the movie we made. So, wow. although I didn't meet Hughes on vacation, then I did three in a row right after that with him. So it was phenomenal. Nice. Really I, great fortune. And in, th in those days where the shooting schedule is longer, uh, now it's like, and listen, Good don't get question. me wrong, what yes. Jason Blum is doing is incredible. 12 oh, million awesome. bucks and however yeah. many days in the movie did those numbers, I mean, yeah. who's he's clearly the smart one. Right, right? Oh, he's but excellent. And back in the day, was the shooting days the schedule's it's a longer. Good question, Kev. I think I remember them, honest to God, being 35, 40 days. I don't think they were that much. It was just, I think, inflation. Because back then, as you guys remember, Kev, like a big movie was five, six, eight, ten million dollars. Right. You yeah. know, and I remember as a kid when they did the first Batman, Tim Burton's. I remember reading the trades and it was going to be like a $30 million budget. And everybody was like, whoa, yeah. $30 million. That's like a cheap studio movie these right. days. Jack Nicholson's well, getting a yeah, million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that type of shit. Right. It, was, it seemed like it was always like a three-month deal with yeah. the movie. Now, now it's like a couple weeks. Right. So also, the, the digital makes it a right. lot easier, too. They don't have film. That's right. Film takes That's right. So 16 Camel's probably made for five, six you know, million. Um, I think The Breakfast Club was made for about eight million at the time. But that was all yeah. interior, really. I mean, it was Correct. like a set. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like it's outside of you guys running around the hallway and pulling up in front of the school that we're That's all right. interior. That's but it's right. amazing to think about these movies. Vacation is such an edgy movie. Mm. And at the time, it was, I remember seeing in the theater going, what in the fuck is this? Incredible, I can't believe. Right? So you were a 14 year old kid. I'm assuming your parents are involved in this. Did you think like you had something special here? Did you think like, what are these people up to? You're like, these people I, are honestly, guys, I was such a kid at that, at that point, Doug, I wasn't thinking career or any of that. I just had a blast. And I remember mm -hmm. being surrounded by all these guys. I mean, Chevy was young. He was great. You know, just the way he is snarky and hilarious. John Candy was the greatest. Oh, right? yeah. You guys had a chance to work with him, right? He was such mm, a great I guy. Wish. I didn't. He was I awesome, didn't. man. He was just a great guy. 
And it's amazing how the references come up because last night, I don't know who saw on the news, but there was literally a dog and he's okay. Dog dragged by a leash on a car and the news is showing yeah. it. And I'm with a, uh, a room full of people. And uh, what do they say? Dinky vacation. Exactly. Like immediately <laughs> that comes right to that. Kept up for a mile or two. Good one. <laughs> Before his legs gave out. Stacy Keach, right? <laughs> that type of humor, was right? So Stacy Keach? It was Stacy Keach. Oh my yeah. fucking crazy. Oh my God. So the setup is everything good good wrong did, you know, and that's a, it's a great template. You know, yeah. it was hilarious that movie. It's funny about those guys that did those movies when we talk about a guy like Stacy Keach, where yeah. even the one scene comedy guys were He killed it. There was right. nobody there was you weren't just coming. It didn't matter if you had one scene or ten scenes. Right. If you weren't funny, you weren't getting the he, job. He was, right. he was right. like he crying. Was, he, he was, was like, great <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> and then working Amazing. with legends, man, like Imogene Coco, oh, Brian, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Dole Murray. Amazing. I mean, so many people. In the motel. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. we got Beverly. The, Beverly's the great pool. Community. What does he yeah, say? Beverly. We got swimming. That includes swimming, you know, Bill Brian Doyle Murray. She was a waitress. I was ordering some fish. You think mama buy it? No. But these movies are so edgy, and now with all the PC culture stuff yep. going on. I mean, John Hughes was considered family fun films. I'm Got a stack of nudie books this high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that just, I think that the, the reference point is just everybody. Everybody's fair game. You know what I mean? And in those mm -hmm. films, it was that, you know what I mean? Before everybody was offended by everything without getting But we were specific. we were talking about it before you got here. I mean, 16 Candles ends with Jake, the, the stud. Yeah. He basically gives you a woman. <laughs> right. right here? I know. And, I know. and then Weird Science, it's like, weird well, science. let's make a woman. Yeah. I know. I know. I, Ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't intended. We didn't mean it. Well, you didn't write it. And you no, certainly exactly. didn't pay for it. I shouldn't it. apologize. Exactly. But by the way, you definitely shouldn't apologize because every review and yeah. every person in the country loved those movies and still does. And yeah. there's this small minority of people that want to like try to. Hey, Mike, when you were hanging out in Weird Science, when you did that scene with the. Uh those jazz guys or whatever. Was that improv? Yeah. That was just so funny, man. Well, you know what that was? I would come to the set and honest to God, guys, the way it worked out, I was hanging out with John and his wife and his two kids and I was like their third son. So we go to their house on a weekend, I'd sleep over and I was just a kid and John and I would watch Laurel and Hardy, Abner Costello, we'd listen to Richard Pryor, watch live on Sunset Strip. I mean, so he was always, he just maintained that inspiration and he just loved it. So it came from me imitating Pryor because Pryor's wow. one of my heroes. Right? Yeah. Right. Even though I never did stand up. So Carlin and Pryor, but I would imitate Richard Pryor. There was a character he used to do in his old 70s act and all those classic albums called Mudbone. And I oh, would yeah. just take the, sh I would take the piss out of it. I would just make John laugh. I would imitate Mudbone as a scrawny kid, you know, on the set. So that's how it led to like the stuff in, in Breakfast Club, you know, Chicks ain't old days, whatever that <laughs> yeah. was. And then that that's scene. I did a yeah. poor version of it before you got it. Terrible version. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible it's all good. Kevin, it's all good. And then Weird Science, same thing. He would kind of set that up. And some of that was framed. The rest of it, we were just winging it, man. We had yeah. fun. So it was so great. So that, that, that's freaking yeah. amazing. So was, when you're a kid, are you acting or your parents are saying, why don't you go try out for this or what's happening? You know what it was? I go back and this is my 45th year in the business. I started as a it's kid amazing. when I was eight years old. I did a play with Steve Allen, 1976, Doug. And you know, around the time I remember auditioning for On Golden Pond. That's how fucking old I'm I am. in yeah. disbelief. I auditioned I, Did you? I did as well. Can <laughs> you believe this? Yeah. Yeah, I was right down to the wire on that one. We I were both not, right there. I was not. I was no, in but and this out. Is how, but we were both right there. I'm tanked we were both right there. I tanked it. I salute. That's awesome. So I, eight years old. So, you know, I never got the job, but it was around that time, you know, and it was just incredible. I just started out. Then it was like commercials. That was my kid, first like one, did. too. That's so crazy. Right? So it was like a hobby, and then it becomes a career. You know, how yeah, you know, you're not you're not thinking that as right, a kid. Right. And it, later on, you go, oh, okay, wow. You know, right. listen, I was acting for years before I knew that there was any money compensation at all. I just didn't have a concept of right. it. Right, same here. I mean, I, I just here. really enjoyed it. Yeah, know? I yeah. didn't get to have the 
And so, Quite the set experience. No, I agree. It was the same had. thing. It was like a sport or a hobby. It was right. just like I was winging yeah. it. I didn't know I had right. any sense of yeah. career or any of that shit. You know? Right. And so John Hughes is making all these movies that are working and yeah. great, and it's yeah. it's you're killing it in all of them. And and what I read, Ferris Bueller, you passed on. How how does that happen? What, well, what happened was we did 16 Candles. I auditioned at, uh, remember the old offices, Universal on 57th and Park. And mm-hmm. at, in those days, they would just bring you back in. And they I think it was before they were sending videotapes around. So you'd have like a series of auditions. And then they do the mix and match thing. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, right? You go disappear for yeah. a couple hours and come yeah, back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then after like literally like seven or eight auditions, I'm like, even at 15, I'm like, wait a minute, I might have a job here. I don't know what the hell's going on. So it led to that. And then I did the three in a row with them. Then I just did Breakfast Club and Weird science and after that it was just incredible he was like my best friend and a boss right hello like you guys i mean it was just a great friendship that developed and it was very blessed unfortunately i'm their boss they know that now (laughs) uh, it's not easy bro i thought ellen cut the overall deal what happened (laughs) (laughs) it's victory putts hold on kevin kevin's on hold wait a minute (laughs) doug just closed the deal he's on with bezos hold on a minute after that, I was working because of the work that he gave me. You know, I was I was busy at the time, so I couldn't do it. But he did write Ferris for me, you know, and that became a great hit with Broderick, and he was awesome. And then he wanted me to do Pretty and Pink, too, which was kind of like the same script as 16 Candles. And right. John Cryer is great. Listen, I wish everybody success, right? We we all been around the block on campus here doing John this Cryer's for a long done time. okay for yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah he's, he's already fast, isn't river, it? No kidding. He's got more money than Dick yes. Clark now. <laughs> so it was just very fortunate, Doug, the way it happened, you know. And uh, yeah, I wasn't available, but look, you wish everybody success. And the truth is, those films became even bigger. I mean, Ferris was a much bigger hit in the day than those other films. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as you guys know, he went on to Home Alone and other films where it was really even more successful. You know? mm-hmm. But we, yeah. we, t- we talk about it, right? It's like... Kevin was talking about Matt, you know, and Top Gun. Uh, Matt Dillon passed, Matt on, passed on Top Gun. <laughs> dude, dude, Matt was a lot of man. stuff. Matt was the man, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I love. You could have read Top Gun. Star. You could have read Top Gun and gone, yeah. eh, it's not for me. Now, right. as it turns or, out, I'm available for craft service. Just let me know. It's <laughs> yeah. Or I think I'm a great slider. I think I would be a great slider. I'm not asking to be Iceman or uh, Maverick <laughs> yeah, 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 or Goose, yeah, exactly. but I would like to be slider. <laughs> Are there any other movies that you passed on? Are there any regrets about anything well, that you wish you did differently? The one which is interesting is I had the opportunity with Full Metal Jacket. I, I I was doing Weird Science, and I got a call from Marty Bauer, the great Marty Bauer. He started Bauer Benedict, became UTA. Um, Marty gave me a call. I was shooting Weird Science. I was staying at the Sheridan premiere right by the uh, by the tour. Up so there. you were shooting Weird Science? Yeah, and he gave me a call, and I got a call. Remember, I'm like 17, 18 years old. It was like on a Wednesday. And the call was, uh, Stanley Kubrick is interested in you to play a, a member of the platoon. In, not platoon, but in yeah, Full Metal yeah. Jacket. I'm going to yeah. connect those two. <laughs> yeah. So next thing you know, I get another call the next day. And he says, well, he's interested in you in the lead. And he's going to call you on Saturday morning. Wow. So it was unbelievable. The Joker. Right, exactly. Wow. And then next thing you know, I get up. I had a conversation with Stanley Kubrick. It was unbelievable. I mean, he was talking about. What was that like? I'll tell you what it was like. He, <laughs> he paid me the greatest compliment of my life, guys. He said, uh. My, I'm ex- it was like the Wizard of Oz. You're expecting like, oh, the wrath of, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he was just a very easygoing, great guy. He goes, Michael, Stanley Kubrick. I was like, mic drop. Like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> right. Stanley Kubrick. Right? He goes, uh, I just screened 16 Candles and, uh, you know, three times. And uh, you're my favorite actor I've seen since I saw Jack and Easy Rider. And I'm like, holy wow. shit. Wow. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was very humbled. And I don't mean it to be like this. but Yeah, but dude. Yeah. So next thing you know, we're talking about, he's talking about Eisenstein, the Russian director, and Chaplin. I mean, it was like a... Guys, I was like this. I'm, I like was a just, film class on the phone. Dude, right? I mean, it was literally like that, Kevin. So it was amazing. It was incredible. So that, 
didn't work out. That became an eight-month negotiation. I had to go read a numbered script at his lawyer's house in Beverly Hills. This <laughs> wow. old gentleman, Louis Blau. I mean, what an experience. But again, you wish everybody success, and Modine was great, and it's another great film. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Platoon, the great film you were in, you know? Yeah. They were around that time. And the yeah, truth yeah. is, Platoon, I think, overshadowed it in terms of business. It sure did. Office, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was phenomenal. Well, you, you know so what? Great they, in that movie, they started theirs first, yeah. but they didn't get it out in time. It took yeah, so many because years. Kubrick shot, no, yeah. Now, back to this. This is hilarious. So I run into Modine after they shot the film. It's so funny you said that, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And this is like, whatever that was, 1986, 87. I go, Modine, how long did you guys shoot on that film? He goes, 54 weeks. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And then Platoon, obviously, great film you did. It was just a yeah. Well, a lot of Look, film. a lot of people did. A lot of people didn't get Full Metal Jacket, especially at the time, because yeah. it almost felt like two separate movies. But, you great know, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a brilliant movie, and it's amazing. I think those memories that we all have when you get that person, Stanley Kubrick, one of the great filmmakers of all time, to say something like that to you. I, I mean, mean, so humbling. Not know, that many truly. people say it to me or Connolly. I don't yeah, know about Bill. I haven't but. heard that a bunch. But, you know, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, right? right? So it's yeah. like, I, you know, Doug will joke around that, you know, I passed on Entourage a few times. But, you know, at the time, it's a pilot, right? And, of course, now you go, thank God, whatever it was meant to be. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, like, at the time, you just never know. The same thing, like, Matt Who read passed the top, on Entourage? You did? I, Doug had to chase me around. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Walter Kind of threaten him. You gotta be threaten me. <laughs> yeah, don't piss God. Mark off. I'm like, I don't want to work with this Dylan guy. He's a real boozer. He's a real boozer. That's awesome. But you know, hindsight is 2020. Just sure, like sure. Uh, you know, with Top Gun, whatever it is, and then, and it would be hard to imagine Dylan. I love you, but it'd be hard to imagine you and Judd Nelson's role in Breakfast Club, right? That's yeah. just the way it goes, yeah, yeah, right? So what it is, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's it's like, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Dylan and I know that from a couple of marriages. That the, <laughs> oh yeah, yikes! Oh, yeah. Maybe change well, something if you could. But, uh. <laughs> hey, Mike, playing Bill Gates, man, that's that's always a real challenge too, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people know what his personality yeah. is and everything. You yeah. were great, man. Thank I you, love brother. you. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, that was a great experience. I uh, that was at TNT. I remember auditioning for that back in '99. I think we shot the film. And it was phenomenal, you know. Yeah, I, that was uh, great. I had to work on the Kermit the Frog voice to get the glasses, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. You were so but good, But great man. experience. And how, Noel Wiley was great in it. How do, yeah. job. how do you go approach that? So we're talking about the movie, which I'm blanking on the name of it. So what, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Right, yeah. Pirates of Silicon Valley, TNT. which is a great movie on TNT. Yeah, not bad. And you are, I mean, you're a tough Irish guy, and you're playing this meek billionaire. <laughs> I don't mean meek. I think my call takes Bill Gates in an early round, first <laughs> oh, round yes. knockout. Oh, 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 yeah, he's yeah. got him easy. So how, how do you how do you approach that and then what, what do you go it's a great question buddy well you know what they did when i got the role i did gonna go in kind of method i really did i had a pair of glasses my manager at the time this guy steve owens was great gave me the glasses i went in there i really tried to just bring it i got the role thank god and then they paired me with a great acting coach this guy i want to give him light his name is steve bridgewater he had coached depp and pitt and a lot of great guys nick lombardo who produced the picture paired me off with with uh, steve bridgewater we worked for about six weeks on the voice everything we started mm-hmm. breaking it down and he was awesome and the funniest thing in the first session he shows up pulls a tampon of his of his knapsack i'm like what the fuck is this guy doing what's going on here Cutting up a piece of the cotton in the tampon, stuffing it in my nose because we figured that was a way to help me get the voice. Oh. So next, <laughs> wow. try to so, pull the old I mean, Brando. Yeah, and yeah no, kind of, you know, goofy shit like that. But we also kind of analyzed him. When you study Gates, he's so brilliant. It's almost like on the spectrum because a lot of the books I read, yeah. there's stuff that indicates mm-hmm. like he would rock a lot. And when he does interviews, he did the strange thing where he would kind of look above the interviewer and then bring yeah. the ideas back down. I mean, you're talking about a brilliant guy. By the way, I just did that. So, was it, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, it was a great experience. Steve Bridgewater did a lot for me. The first thing he did, guys, it was like a coach. He broke out a legal pad. He said, let's set a list of goals. This is an interesting story. The first thing he asked me, though, he goes, "When you, what do you want people to see, you or Gates? And I said, Gates. And the second thing, I swear, I, he goes, I go, uh, 
What's the second goal? I said, I'd love the film to be nominated for Emmys. I had no fucking idea. I didn't know what I was. I was just like, like on a, really on a whim. But what was interesting, it was he was helping me set goals, you know, and it was very much like an athlete and a coach kind of relationship. And so I had a great time working with Steve, great time working with Noah, all the guys, great cast. And then Martin uh, Burke, great Canadian director. He had written, excuse me, he had written uh, Barbarians at the Gate and mm. really talented writer, director from Canada. So great experience, man. That's all. Did you ever meet yeah. Bill Gates? I never did, man. I never uh, did. I wish I felt about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love those stories where you hear about. You probably about, loved it. You, you probably did, so. man. Yeah, you, you made him look. think if it's somebody yeah. make a movie by you, you made him look it, right? manly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill. I'm just Thank kidding. God, Bill. Thanks, Jeff. Dylan okay. just, Dylan's kidding. He loves you. Please hire Jeff, him. Jeff, check your car before you drive home tonight, will you? Yeah. <laughs> but I love the stories between actors and directors and how your process is. You know, Dylan went to high school with Bennett Miller and pulled quite a story with him at the Golden Oh, I know Bennett. Yeah. Worked Bennett. Great director. You did yeah. Mike, Mike, you had to you had to be there. I, there's no way to tell the story that would ever do it justice. But in a nutshell, Dylan and Kevin Bacon and I, ironic, ironically, were smoking cigarettes, and a guy comes up to Dylan and says, "Uh, yeah, I think we went to high school together." Dylan's like, "Hope I didn't smack you around too bad." <laughs> this is at the Golden Globes. Like, this is at the Golden Globes, and he's like, "No, actually, you were very nice to me." And Dylan's like, "Oh, I didn't know how to tip." I always did like you. And then, and then Dylan's like, "Dylan goes, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I directed this movie." And yeah. Oh, what movie? Uh, Capote's. <laughs> you know I always liked you, right, bro? <laughs> Started kissing ass right away, right? Well, Bennett, you're yeah. my favorite filmmaker. Have I told you? <laughs> I told you? No, he's a great guy, man. I had a pleasure yeah, working for him. He's a brilliant director. So, such a smart guy. What do you yeah, really... he's from your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, he's from yeah, Dylan used to steal his lunch money. What do you really love in a director? <laughs> what is it that you like a director to do for you? Or, or do you like him out of your way or what? You know, you know what, Doug? That's a great question. The first thing I do when I go on a set, honest to God, is I study that dynamic with the DP and the director. Director, you know, and so it just depends on the person. Bennett was brilliant, man. We did Foxcatcher. What a great director. He'd done Moneyball. Great movie. Yeah, thanks, man. He's phenomenal and very serious minded guy, but great. You know, he's brilliant. And how does it, you've worked Love with him. some great ones. So how does it work? John Hughes, who I think is one of the great geniuses. It's, it's, it's Chris, unique. No, but yeah. Christopher Nolan. Like, what, what's it like? Nolan, working? I got a Nolan story. This is great. I told this a few times. This is Batman. Oh, we're yeah, talking no, about watch this. This is a great story. He's so the savage. first day of the Dark Knight, yeah, I'm, I'm in London. We're shooting at whatever university out. Wherever they are. I don't know the British, but anyway, I love you, the British. I love the <laughs> so day one, I, I was super nervous because there's Nolan, right? And you're like, fuck. It's like watching Amadeus, right? I feel like Salieri looking at Mozart. Like, he's <laughs> fucking and he's guy. got a Look lot of confidence. He's amazing. Really does. Yeah. So I saddled up to him late in the day. We we're shooting. It was so funny. And I just, it was like two guys on a golf course, you know, he's like shoulder to shoulder. I go, so uh, Chris, who are some of your favorite directors? I swear to God, he says this. He goes, Malik. <laughs> and he goes, Ridley. <laughs> And Kubrick for a sense of control. <laughs> I was like, peace, dude. I'll see you at lunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he was deep, but he was incredible. So focused. Actually, a very shy guy, man. But when he directs, man, he comes alive, you know? And uh, does he really give acting notes a lot? He or? does. No, he definitely does. But he's also running, as you know, this Doug, a direct. I mean, he's running four or five cameras. I mean, sometimes six, seven cameras, like Oliver Stone, right? Yeah, the great yeah. Oliver Stone. Phenomenal. Great guy, you know, and very low-key, actually. Really interesting. And then his wife, great producer. She's always sort of offset Emma Nolan. It's incredible. She's, a, she's, a, she's a good producer, too. She's, she's amazing. Deal, yeah. So you've had some incredible experiences with some of the yes, stuff sir. that I can only dream about, but compare them to your entourage experience where we were lucky enough to now, get you. Not to piss off a roof at the Park Hyatt <laughs> and to work with the great team at Entourage. Honest to God, guys, it meant the world to me. I love you. I was such a fan of the show. I loved it. And thank you for the break. Yeah, uh, sure no, really, I mean I'm it, sure man, because really I had read for you before. He was like, who? Hall? I don't know who those yeah. guys. He's like, I'm, I know but, an Anthony Michael Hall, but a Mike Hall? I do not <laughs> know. <laughs> Who's that fucking guy? I've never seen 
seen him before. You know, no, but honestly, good. Thank you again. I loved working with you guys, man. We had a great you were, time shooting. You were hilarious scene. in that, yeah. too. Thanks, you, you hit yeah, on something funny. that I wanted to talk about. Dylan and I talk about this a lot, too, right? Yeah. So at a certain point in your career, right, when when you're, right, you, it, there was a time where you, you got offered stuff. Not yeah. not you, all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like not the offers me. came. I've never been offered shit. That, not you, except <laughs> you. Doug offered himself a role in Entourage. That's it. That's his only offer. Um, you know, you get offered things, and then the world changes. And, yeah. and, and at a certain point, for the jobs you really want to get, for all of us, you gotta fucking go in and fucking oh, no read doubt. it. Whether you're yeah. putting yourself no on doubt. tape. No so doubt. how yeah. how was how is that for you? How was that for you to kind of make the transition of like, yo, I'm a fucking icon and a fucking legend, and you know, I gotta. You want to play Bill Gates? You gotta put yourself on tape, or you gotta yeah. come in, right? That's well, you how, know what? I so appreciate the like? kindness, buddy. I really do. But as you guys know, the talent makes you work for it, and that's yeah. a good thing, man. Right, I mean, yeah. I've auditioned for you know how it is, and they don't treat. It's like it's, everybody's that way, and I think it's a good thing, you know, because eh, honestly, you gotta see. It's what all right. You, it sucks. <laughs> you know, you don't know. Offer, bro. Well, you know how it is. You want to walk in. You know, sometimes it's a cold room and it's weird. Of course, it's better yeah. to get an offer. But the truth is, we've all had to work at it, and that's yeah. that's the truth. Sometimes as opposed to like, nice. oh yeah, I picked all those projects. That's bullshit. It'd be nice if they did their homework a little bit too. Very nice. Let's. Not get Dylan in trouble, but how do you like After the audience? platoon? He was impossible. The <laughs> point is, you gotta go in but and put yourself. How do you? That's it, Kevin. How do you like the audition process? Are you at a place where it's like this is what it is? And sure, I, yeah. sure. Well, no, things are getting better now. But the truth is, I don't mind it. I think it's made you. It makes me a better actor, and I think it's true for all of us. You know, to be fair. And as you guys know, it's the hustle. When you get a job, it's like being on a vacation. You're having fun. Yeah, you're doing right. what you do. You're with a great crew, or you're in a new place. So it's really just that hustle, having that mindset. That's why I've always looked at it like being an athlete. You just got to hustle. You never know where you're going to wind up. Right. Could get dealt to a new team or a new job. You know, you never know. So, uh, and in those lean years over this long career, you know, you appreciate it. I remember in the 90s when I was a kid in my 20s trying to kind of readjust or the industry was trying to readjust to me growing up. Yeah. You know, you get a gig like Murder, She Wrote or Diagnosis Murder. And these things, they meant it was huge. It was like getting a big movie. So Dylan did a 12 episode arc on Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it's very humbling. You appreciate those things. So when you have a nice victory. It's up and down. Right. Like that for all of us. That's why it's called a career. Been around long enough. That's right. You're going to do this for And that's why the victories are much sweeter. You got me? That's why if you're going to have, you know, a 40 year career, you are going to have your ups and downs. It is impossible. But I think that is an interesting thing the transition from being this this kid who was the real like he was everybody's favorite wise ass and then you start growing up which you did with johnny be good when all of a sudden you're this big strong guy and i mean did you feel that there were changes happening and the way people were judging you oh absolutely doug absolutely and again i just think that without being like you know heavy-handed about it yeah it just makes you you know you just got to uh downey senior said something to me years ago we were writing a script me and him and, and his me, Downey, and his father. He was a. The, you wrote a script, the three of you. Yeah, with wow. the legendary Mr. Bob Downey Sr. <clears throat> he had the greatest line, which was also a pun on my name. He goes, In the long haul, the short one won't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so the truth is, we all go through these ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, and it's just part of the game. Right. Yeah. Well, it's awesome, man. I mean, and by the way, you've had an amazing career, thank an you, amazingly buddy. diverse yeah, career. And thank I'm glad you. now, you know, this Halloween is a giant success and that's got to be pretty cool it feels and, great and who buddy. knows it so yeah. it does it feels but great i i don't know i i can't thank him enough for yeah no in. this yeah. is yeah. this is thanks guys it, it's amazing and we appreciate you coming in and uh you know it, it, it's been great and the last thing i want to say about the the younger actor thing when we're well dylan you're always kind of a man child i mean i guess I was like, where are you going uh, with I'm younger like, actors? I started a little later than you, <laughs> no. Kath. I, mean, I didn't do big wheel uh, commercials. Uh, you know, but, uh, I, guess, I started around 17. I guess, I guess my I guess As long as you point, two get along. It's I guess my point is, like, at what point, you know, and not you, I would say this for myself, like, yeah. you're a kid, and then, like, one day, like, you're a man, right? So 
A lot of times, actors, when, when was your day of that? You get caught in between being a kid and a, and a man. When are that's, you going to become a man? That's, that's really funny. But, <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the first job you have when you have kids, you're yeah. a man. But it's, it can be, there is a window where you're not the kid anymore, but you're not somebody's dad and you're kind of trapped in this. Right. No, I hear you. Purgatory I hear you. Thing, you know? No, listen, one of my favorite lines is the great Dylan, right? He said one of his old songs. The great Dylan? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Kevin Dylan. Kevin Dylan too, but I meant Bob Dylan in this context. <laughs> no, the greatest success is failure and failure is no success at all. We learn from the, the, you know, the low periods. And I think it's great, but you got to have that tenacity. You got to have that, you know, that willingness to stick to it and just keep pushing through, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't think people get, it. I've, I say this to everybody. There's like five people in the world. One of the reasons why entourage, when we started, I was not into the idea of it when Mark brought it to me. Yeah. And I said, you've never had a down moment in your life. Like you real, I mean, not in his life, but from the time he got into the movie business, it just went like this. And Mark's there really phenomenal. are yeah. a handful of people that you can say that. I don't even know a handful, very few. Yeah. Well, what you guys did, it was phenomenal. Honestly, it was a huge show. It continues to have impact, and it was phenomenal. I have nothing but respect for Mark and what you and Steve did. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. I know. Such a great show, man. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Mar Mark is the best, but I guess what I'm saying is yeah. for actors, for writers, directors, we have those ups, we have those downs, sure. and it really sure. is how you bounce back from them. And, uh, you know, I, I I think your career is amazing, and I've thanks, been a buddy. fan forever, and I'm thrilled you came in for this. And, thanks, uh, Doug. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks It's great to see you again, man. Yeah, yeah, everyone too, go check out Hollywood Kills. It's not Hollywood kills too. Though. You're thinking Hollywood ways. <laughs> Doug is promoting. I fired Connolly off this other podcast okay. I'm doing. Actually, podcast. look, Connolly's replacement just <laughs> showed up. up. There's yep. Ted Fox. Halloween like, and Hollywood kills. You gotta see Hollywood ways kills. I'm sorry. You know what? Theater. You know what, uh, Mike? Uh, there's a couple of things going on here. Connolly, Halloween kills. Connolly was downloads. Connolly was getting ways. me a uh, Leo signature on my. Uh, I can't remember the and movie. Poster. Anyway. The once upon a time. By the way, it's so fucking hot with You know what? The problem is, it's so hot in here because Connolly is trying to keep the budget. Down because he yes. took this giant. We're like space. Jason. We're like Jason Blum. We we, we do it on a budget. We do it on, cutting corners. It's that but, coffee. So uh, yeah, well th that wraps up an awesome, amazing episode. And uh, Kevin Dillon finally delivers another great guest. I always uh, do. Yeah. I always so do. we we thank you for that. Does and, Dylan you know, get the credit for this one? What do you well, mean? Does Dylan get I the credit? So. I really I do. Mike, do I get the credit? I really do. I really DM. It's a good Fahey it's and, a, and, and Dylan. It's a good feather in the cap. It is. By the way, because Dylan's leaving. Dylan's Dylan's appeared on fifty of a hundred episodes. That's a lie. So. That's a lie. And Chuck Sheen filling in He's for him. He's sour and jealous because I'm doing another movie with Mel Gibson. <laughs> I heard. Phil told me you're on a roll, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Appreciate yeah. it. Happy Congrats to all. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back uh, soon, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. the Dylan, end of the episode. We, we got a, someone's got to film uh, Mike doing a victory with Kevin Dillon. We'll get that after. Here we go, uh, Mike. Let's do it. Victory! Victory, baby! <laughs> yeah. Still here. <laughs>